Welcome once again to Houndstooth Heroes, the Brandon Chicken Edition. My name is Greg Dawkins, joined as always by my friend and co-host Ellis Metz. If you're new to the program or if you aren't, just need a refresher course, you can find us on the website at houndstoothheroes.com, on Facebook, or on Twitter at htoothheroes. That is correct. And also a shout out to the good folks at Wild Bill's Wing Sauce, without whom we would not be here. Uh, you can find them at wildbillsauce.com. Our friend there, Bill Howard, is slinging the best sauces. And they're available again online, wildbillsauce.com, and everywhere Bama Wise products are sold. That's right. And thanks also to Druid City Brewing Company in Tuscaloosa for always keeping us in the tastiest of suds. Mm -hmm. I was, all right, I was just up this weekend for homecoming, and Bo and Elliot have unveiled two exciting new beers that I guarantee you're going to enjoy. First, the Parkview Pilsner, which is great for those late games, as it turns out. While it's true that you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning, but if you're going to do it, a lighter Pilsner is the way to go. Uh, there's also the El Tractor Citra that is probably somewhere between the Pale L and the Lamplighter IPA mm. on the, like, how long till I can't walk anymore scale. Mm. So proceed with caution, or don't. We never have. But <laughs> reminder, when you find yourself in Tuscaloosa this fall, you can always park at the brewery, and it's an easy walk to the stadium. It's a free parking situation. Just tell the Boy Scouts you're parking at Druid City Brewing. Enjoy some beers and park for free and go check out the game. It's the best deal in town. Speaking of cold libations, what you drinking, Alice Metz? Well, it's been sort of a battle to figure out what to drink tonight. Uh, obviously, for our listener, Fred. Hey, hey. Fred. Hey, Fred. Um, I shared my own personal tradition. Some would call it a superstition. I call it a personal tradition of uh, drinking the beer that my enemies produce, I guess, or, or the beverage my enemies produce. It has seemed to work out well, and I didn't think it was really a thing. I thought it was more of like major games that where I would have to pull that out. But I've got to say, I've been feeling a good bit of guilt about not drinking bourbon last weekend because of uh, the way the Kentucky game went, which we'll get to. So tonight, uh, I looked for some Arkansas beers. Obviously, no such thing. So I'm just drinking my guy Donnie Jules tequila again. I hear you. I hear you. I am back. I'm, you know, like after the uh, Kent State game, I fell off the tradition of uh, drinking the tears of the vanquished because I had the equal and problem. And that was working. Right, right, right. Exactly. Uh, but I'm back on it. You know, we've vanquished Kentucky, and I am firmly in the middle of a bottle of uh, Wild Turkey 101, the kicking chicken, if you will. Ooh, that makes me giddy inside. Exactly. And frankly. I'd feel like I deserve it because, as you know, my imaginary dream boy, dreamboat boyfriend has up and left me. Uh, as, but as Kenny Loggins said in the opener, I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. But I'll just add that the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255, and it is new to my speed dial. Oh, Gregory, I got to say, I didn't did not realize that's what our bumper music uh, was in reference to, but I am Always. so sorry. If you can bear it, I think we should address that situation, though. Let's go ahead and talk about my That's imaginary right. dreamboat boyfriend leaving me. So, Blake Barnett, number two in your heart, number God. two on the field, definitely number, number one, one in, my one in your heart. <laughs> uh, 
BB8, as it may be, uh-huh. number two on the roster. <laughs> Numbers are hard. Uh, left stop. school after four games and will presumably transfer to a JUCO now. Uh, what what you got? Okay. I mean, Jalen Hurts kind of established himself as the number one. So, and, and Blake Barnett has a lot of talent. Yes. So I get it. I get the leaving. But I kind of thought it would be at the end of the year because four games in puts him in a weird situation. Yeah, he can go to a JUCO for the rest of the year, but he can't. And then he can transfer to a, a, a regular college after that, but he can't play at that regular college for four games. So who's going to just let somebody start for four games with you know the, the understanding that Blake Barnett's going to swoop in after four games? I mean, unless you've just got a really, really horrible quarterback and you're willing to just say, oh, screw those four games. We've got Barnett coming in after. I'm not entirely sure how this is supposed to work. I mean, I, I, it doesn't seem well thought out. And it feels like if he had waited till the end of the year, you know, Kiffin and Saban would have been like, yeah, I get it, man. You have a world of talent and you should go somewhere else and let us help you find a place. Uh, but that's not what happened. So it's bizarre. What about you? Well, it is bizarre. And, I mean, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. The guy just has an insane amount of talent. And I get why it would be difficult for him to just sit on the sideline and watch someone else take over a team. Uh, I guess my question is, where does he go? He's from California. Uh, I think when you hear transfer, you automatically think, Auburn is an option for anyone just because right. nobody goes there for four years, but they do occasionally produce mm-hmm. good football players for two. I, surely he doesn't stay in the SEC. If he does, I think he's an Auburn guy. I think there's a slim chance he ends up somewhere like Arkansas State, who would probably be thrilled to have uh, a quarterback who just missed four games and then could come in and maybe win one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he ends out, ends out out west. I think he would be great at a Utah, at a Cal, somewhere like that, uh, a little I, closer. I, I agree with all that, but let me throw a name at you. What about Florida? Ooh, they need a quarterback. Yeah, Luke I just, Del Rio, who was banished, banished from Oregon State by being told you'll never play a down here, is who they have. So, and banished from Alabama before that. Right. So Luke Del Rio is not going to be the answer at Florida and, you know, uh, uh, from all accounts, Blake Barnett has a little prima donna in him, which, I mean, uh, yes. so that might work in the Florida atmosphere better than it will in the Alabama atmosphere. So, nevertheless, you're still going to – and that's somebody – if it's Luke Del Rio, he's not going to get any better. And right. that's somebody who could replace four games in next year. That is a hot take. And I've got to say, and I mean this in the most respectful way, that I think Coach Mack down there has realized – he has to do whatever it takes to win. Yes. I mean, he's not going to worry about what people, what the commentators say, whether it's pretty or not. But I think he got a good saving lesson by just doing what will win. So right. I think he would take him. And I think uh, you're exactly right. BB-8 would start down there. I think so too. Very good take. Uh, but and, and our takes were so strong on this issue that we got ourselves into a Twitter beef on the H2 Heroes Twitter website. We did a little bit. Uh, one Will Lowry, who only the most devout titers will remember for playing a few games uh, back a couple years ago. I have 
I have anyway beef with Will Lowry. Uh, really went all in on Blake Barnett for quitting his team, and and how can you do that? And it's so selfish. Uh, and a lot of folks, I'll say, I'm going to use a polite term, folks, uh-huh. were taking uh-huh. that angle as well. And they were even like directly tweeting at the kid and calling him out because he had said some things earlier in the year about why would you come to Alabama if you don't want to compete with the best. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, at the I, same time, I, we, I, who among us at 18 years old has not said some stupid ass stuff? Uh, yes, that, that especially ended up fighting on us the, in the internet. Right on the internet, especially. Uh, I think he he had to do what was right for him. I think he has a very bright future. Frankly, I think there's a good chance Blake Barnett is an NFL quarterback one day. Yeah, but I he agree. just wasn't in the cards for Alabama. So I don't blame the guy at all. Uh, I I love that he came to Alabama. That he was passionate that he recruited other kids and wanted to make it work out and when he realized it wasn't going to work out in the best way it could for him uh he he made a very tough decision what i imagine he left lost sleep over and was very embarrassed about frankly right and i I, I agree totally with you i think that if we did not have you know jalen hurts just dropping from the dropping from the sunshine um blake barnett would have been a perfectly good quarterback and probably been, you know, a star quarterback at the University of Alabama. We just happened to have, you know, too many chickens in the pot. That is completely correct. And I've got to say, after the game that was last weekend, which we're getting into now, I sort of mm-hmm. wish Blake was still on the sideline. This is a good point, because let's do take a look at last weekend's win over Kentucky, where I continue to bomb on my hates of the week. You're tied one thirty-four to 6 and once again, did not cover. Let's... Uh, Let's take a look at some big storylines coming out of the game, why don't we? Yeah, we should. Uh, as you may have noted, we we deemed this podcast the Brandon Chicken edition. Uh, that was in homage to one Tim Williams. He was benched for the first half of the game after uh, being uh, – was he officially arrested? You're the, you're the lawyer. He was, he was arrested on – not the weed charge. He was arrested on a gun without a – Without a, without a permit. Just yeah, which which we won't get into the legalities here, but as a Louisiana native, he had a different understanding of the law. Which right. Is actually, well, his understanding, I, I can do it real quickly. Do he it. had a receipt for the gun, which is which in Louisiana is perfectly fine. Uh, it, it functions as a permit in Louisiana. Uh, for the, you know, When you buy it, you get a receipt, and you can carry that as a permit. Uh, in Alabama, that does not fly, but he's from Louisiana, didn't know any better. So he found himself on the uh, business end of a, a misdemeanor charge. So that's all that was. It's not, you know, there's a, there was some weed involved, but he did not get charged with the weed, so who cares? Move yeah, on. Yeah, no, good take. Thank you for that. Hashtag lawyered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he came in just for the second half, and what he did was, I've, I've got to say, and this is extreme, <coughs> almost Derek Thomas-esque. Damn, Just son. an insane performance. So he had, I, I saw it broken down earlier online, and he had six plays where he was rushing the passer, right? Right. He had 11 uh, total plays, yeah. Yeah, 11 total plays, six of which he was rough, rushing the passer. Of those six, he ended with one sack, three hurries, and, I'm sorry, two hurries, one sack, two hurries, and three rush stops. That's... A lot. Like, like made his presence felt very strongly on all the plays. Uh, if he keeps that up, I think it's safe to say Arkansas and any team we may play beyond that on the schedule 
could be in for very long nights. He was so dominant, in fact, that even though he just played a half and, again, was in on sort of just a small number of plays, the coaching staff gave him the Defensive Player of the Week award. Troll. <laughs> it's amazing. All right, yeah. Another uh, back to the freshman sensations. Uh, we have quite a few going on, and one is one Josh Jacobs uh, running back. The kid was particularly impressive. Uh, he had 99 yards uh, on one particular drive. Uh, he got six straight handoffs for 58 yards and a touchdown that pushed the tide in front for good. Uh, the most important stats uh, that there was, I can't remember exactly what the website is called. It's pro football something or other where they measure um, running back production. The kid had 68 yards after uh, yards after contact for 10 missed tackles. Um, wow. So, yes, yeah, so the dude's making a play to be the starting tailback. Um, I, I, so here's the question, I guess, though. When Damian Harris is back, is he going to – is Josh Jacobs going to be the starting tailback tailback, or is he going to fill more of a Kenyon Drake role? It's a great question, and I wish I had a better answer for you. I think – here, I'll, I'll answer your question with a question. What are the differences that you see in Jacobs and Harris? Jacobs is a bowling ball. Right. I mean, you just – he reminds me of – he's not going to have the same body type as Ingram, but you know how you just couldn't bring Ingram down? Yes. It's that. Um, it's a little – like he's a little closer to maybe a Ron Dane, which is extreme. Ron Dane was – but Ron Dane was huge. This guy is not gigantic. He's he's kind of small, which is why I brought up the Kenyon Drake thing. But he's he fills a lot of roles in that he's small and he's fast, but at the same time, he plows over people. Yeah, yeah. So he is there's a, it's a really a multifaceted back that can do sort of everything. Yeah, he uh, sort of burst onto the scene in Oxford, and I had known. Very little about him. We talked about sort of his background last week, so we won't do that. I'm just perplexed, I guess. It's like, I think to answer your Kenyon Drake question, that's a little more thunder and lightning. And yeah. right now, frankly, we're looking at thunder and thunder. Right, just, yeah. Just a huge thunderstorm. I think he brings the pain, and I think Damien brings the pain too. Right, uh, and I don't, I don't know what you'd call Bo Scarborough, just a... The fly in the ointment. I, I mean, that that <laughs> play where he knocked, managed to knock the damn ball out of Jalen Hurts' hand with his head. I mean, I don't even know what I don't even know what his role is going to be going forward. Well, he had one good run that was almost a touchdown. He he stepped out of bounds. Yeah, uh, it, it's just I think about this almost daily. I'll say that Bo Scarborough is a third string running back right now. Right, and he's gigantic. And actually, that leads me to something that we had not totally planned to discuss, but that's a complete fault of ours. Mm -hmm. uh, we we received a huge commitment yes. this week from one Dylan Moses, named him after a man of the cloth, called right, him exactly. Dylan Moses. I mean, I don't, I don't. There, there's a Dylan in the Bible. Well, no, it's a it's a <laughs> Jerry Reed. Come on, uh, <laughs> uh, but kid was born and raised in Baton Rouge. Spent the first, I think, three years of high school at University Lab, which is one of my favorite named schools because it sounds like they literally grow people in a lab, and that's where Tim Williams is from, and now 
this kid as well. Is it Tim Williams? We have one player from University. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, anywho, no, nah, Tim's from Dallas or from Texas. Anywho, we have a couple players from University Lab, which is great. Uh, he moved to IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, which is where we managed to pull Bo Scarborough from after he transferred from Tuscaloosa. Um, just an insane, gifted player. Supposedly he's number one linebacker in the country. I think in some rankings he's number one athlete in the country. Uh, some have him, I think, as like number three. But either way, a huge get who decommitted from LSU after the Les Miles firing. That's outstanding, outstanding, yeah, outstanding. Yeah, I got very excited. My pants fit a little funny after I read that I news. Hear, oh, don't they all? Anywho. Um, anywho, uh, moving on to uh, talk about some wide receivers. We should. I was about to say, I think another Louisiana product who I really want to – I just got to say, I'm, I'm calling him out, Cam Sims, WTF, mm-hmm. mate. Uh, right? There was a great play call early in the game. It was I think we were already down three to nothing, which is not great against Kentucky. Uh, right. We were on the Kentucky side of the field driving fourth and seven. You don't typically go for it on fourth and seven, but I loved the play call. Yeah, I think it was going to be like a forty-eight yard field goal or something yeah, like yeah. that. It was not. It wasn't undoable, but it was not realistic. And the commentators were just shocked that our coaching staff didn't have complete faith in Adam Griffith. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I found that telling. Uh, But anywho, decided to go for it on fourth and seven. Jalen dropped back, found a wide-open receiver, and one Cam Sims who just Oscar Meyer wienered it to the ground, uh, did not deliver. So a big WTF there, mm-hmm. which was sort of one among a number of just kind of miscommunications and and instances where I felt like our quarterbacks and our quarterback and receivers weren't on the same page, which begs the question, I think I used that term right too. Right, yes. Is Jalen missing hashtag Stardarius? Uh, our, our favorite axe wielder, sideline axe wielder, uh, certainly established himself as Jalen's go-to in the first few weeks of the season. Uh, but he he's sort of, since he's been gone, Jalen has been particularly out of rhythm in the first half. Uh, Sims, of course, had that drop. There were some weird issues, and of course Calvin Ridley had one of the biggest games we've seen an Alabama player have in a long time, uh, finish the game with 11 catches for 174 yards, two touchdowns. I think this is classic Lane Kiffin where he's trying to work on certain things against certain teams, so when we need it, we can pull it out. Uh, But I I just felt like there was a lack of rhythm offensively. I do too. I mean, yes, I I agree with everything you said. Calvin really did have a great big day, and I agree with you that Lane – uh, against a team where it felt like we were sort of playing with them all day. We knew we were going to win. It was just a matter of when. Right. And so he did want to air it out and see what Hertz can do. And he did connect on two 46-yard passes, but he also whiffed on a few. And I think that, and I think your question about Stardarius is valid. I think every quarterback has his go-to guy. Yep. Um, and that you feel comfortable with, where you know, if 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 the even if he's not your number one receiver, you can. You can check down, you can find that guy, and you know you and he are going to be in a rhythm, and you can hit that pass. And I think, I don't know this for a fact, but just from looking at him 
and looking at how they've played together, it looks like Stardarius is his guy that he knows, you know, he knows if I throw it here, Stardarius is going to make that catch. Uh, whereas he doesn't know that with his other receivers. So, yeah, and I think when you get Stardarius in and he's making those catches, it gives you the confidence to make the other throws. Uh, so, with that, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. But I think when Stardarius is back, which I understand he is cleared to play this week, whether he will or not, I don't know, but he is available uh, if, if needed. So that may make a good bit of difference. Not that Jalen Hurts is playing badly in the least, but um, the first half it was definitely, and, and Coach Saban was visibly upset about it, um, he was definitely out of his rhythm this week. Yeah, were, agreed. And I'm just going to start right now with my petition. I think we should replace the term go-to receiver with a Kevin Norwood. I hear you. Yeah, I hear so you. let's just refer to our Darius Stewart as Jalen's Kevin Norwood. From Kevin Norwood, I hear you, mm-hmm. I hear you. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to one of the favorite segments of the Ooh. week from the listener, Fred. Because, um, you know, we, everyone needs to know, what did Stingray do this week? So we find ourselves in a bit of a situation this week, i got to say. Do tell, do tell. Do tell. Uh, as you may or may not know, the Moo U, Stingray's <laughs> beloved Moo U Cowbells, are facing the Auburn Tigers this week. Mm-hmm. And, and as the old saying goes, the enemy of our enemy is our dearest friend. This is awkward. Yeah, it's so awkward. Uh, Stingray went on a went on a rant as as a Stingray is prone to do, and it was two minutes long. And I would never wish anyone to listen to two minutes of Stingray talking. So I'll right. just tell you about it quickly. But in it, he called out Feinbaum a significant amount and played back. Some footage of Feinbaum talking about Stingray, which I didn't realize Stingray was getting that type of national pub. We Are may you have me uh, Feinbaum yeah, have... and Stingray have a beef? Yeah, apparently so. Who knew? <coughs> I'm not sure. Feinbaum didn't seem to want to acknowledge him, but but did a couple impersonations of him this week. And I don't know. Maybe we we've shot above our heads to find our most archest of nemesises. Right. Now yeah. we find ourselves aligned with Feinbaum, which is somewhere I'd never want to be. It's terrible, right? right. Uh, anyway, what but, did he do? So Stingray, what, the one thing, cool thing he did is he had a player from Moo U's 2014 14 team. Apparently they had a football team that year. Uh, right. Who, on camera, was willing to say, go to hell, Auburn. Which Outstanding. sort of won me over, i got to say. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, Take fair it. enough. All right. Uh, where are we at? We at? We're going to rate the game in emoji. We're That's moving right segment. along on these huge hit segments. And yes, everybody loves you them. now. What's your emoji? I've got two emojis. Um, the first one is kind of a shrug emoji. Is the you know the the, the head tilt hands yeah, in the air? Not a real emoji, but sort of an emoticon. Right, exactly. Very much it's not actual emoji, but I kind of like I said earlier, I kind of felt like we were playing with Kentucky. We knew we were going to beat Kentucky, no matter of how much, and we just sort of wanted to try some things. Uh, so once we got rolling, you know, we were we were good to go. So shrug, whatever. But I will say this: uh, their defense had been a disaster up until the South Carolina game, uh, when Mark Stoops, yeah, Mark Stoops took over the defense, and their de- defense responded much better than I thought they would. Uh, their defensive backs played very very well. Uh, so with that, I will give a shocked face 
emoji for oh, their defense. What about you, pal? The shocked face emoji. Well right? Played. The shocked face. Uh, uh-huh. I went with, and this one's going to have to be one that I describe. It's it's the emoji where it's sort of smiling, but really it's just showing you all its teeth, and the uh-huh. eyes aren't in a smiling pattern. It's just straight dots. So I'm showing you all my teeth in a way that I am smiling on the outside, but inside am very much full of doubt and turmoil. Uh, you know, it was I think 34 to six. Is that what we're looking at? Correct. 34 to six. I feel fine about. I think we definitely should have covered against Kentucky. I saw a lot of issues on offense, a few on defense. We weren't uh, holding teams on third downs like we're used to seeing from this defense. Uh, I just I didn't feel great about it all in all. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, with those blistering takes, we are now going to take off our oven mitts. Hope you guys had them on, too. Uh, and look at this week's foe. Your Tide travels to Fayette Trill uh, to, four, to take on 4-1 and one and top 20 ranked Arkansas Razorbacks in another 6 p.m. Central Time, a.k.a. God's Time kick. Uh, one quick anecdote, which will be followed by... A second quick anecdote. One of my favorite Tide Twitter memories. We should have a Tide Twitter segment of this show. uh, Was when Amari Cooper was a freshman at the University of Alabama. We had heard about him for a long time. Hadn't seen him yet. uh, From, of course, the heart of Miami. And tweeted after the team got to Fayetteville. Just saw my first donkey. (laughs) It's just, Just saw my first donkey. Welcome to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So, one of my favorite memories there. Uh, secondly, I just want to quickly point out, and we're going to move right along after this, uh, of course, Alabama-Arkansas weekend is the one weekend that we will not ask whether you would hashtag chew that ass uh, for, for reasons that a, a mere few know. Moving right along. Yes, going on. Yes, next, next. Thank you. Arkansas, uh, they have had two games against teams of note. And the result of those were an overtime win against TCU, which I've got to say was sort of impressive at the time and, and, and remains slightly so. And then a three-touchdown loss to Texas A&M, who I will say, and I may be alone with this, is still somewhat unproven. Uh, right. The other games on their schedule were blowouts, with the exception of the 21-20 to come-from-behind squeaker that they opened the season with against La Tech. But who are right. we to talk? I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. All right, so let's take a look at uh, what happens uh, during the game, what we expect to happen during the game. So, Ellis, what should we look for when Alabama has the ball? I was hoping you would ask. Uh, uh-huh. So Arkansas is coming off a game against Alcorn State, which frankly didn't provide much insight for us. Uh, but if you go back, <coughs> looking at the Texas A&M game, Arkansas was just completely unable to stop the Aggies' offense. Uh, After the Aggies punted with 9.27 to go in the second quarter, they never punted again. I'm just going to repeat that. Aggies punted, 9.27 to go in the second quarter, never had to punt again. Hmm. Yeah, they scored on six of their last seven drives of the game. Uh, and the only time Arkansas got a stop was when A&M fumbled inside the 10-yard line. 
So frankly, I think there is uh, much left to be desired from the Arkansas defense. Uh, the Aggies' only two touchdowns in the first half came on long quarterback runs by Trevor Knight. God bless him. Uh, which surely, we hope, bodes well for Jalen Hurts, who has to have infinitely better wheels than Oklahoma transfer Trevin, Trevor Knight. You, do you ever wonder, I, I've spent nights laying awake wondering, if Trevor Knight had better dance moves, would he be Oklahoma's starting quarterback? You do wonder, because Baker Mayfield can shake that ass. <laughs> he really can. Would not chew that ass, though. Don't bring that to no, Arkansas. Not about that. Not about chewing that ass, nope. but he can shake that ass. Nope. Uh, in fact, moving right along, the Arkansas defense has been extremely susceptible to the long run in every game they've played this year. TCU ran consistently and even... Alcorn State, and I'm I'm putting you on the spot because I don't know the answer here. Do you know the Alcorn State mascot? Alcorn State are the shit. I don't know what was the Alcorn State mascot there, Alex Uh I thought you were asking Steve. No, uh, the Alcorn State know. mascot. Steve's a dog. I'm what sorry. is it? Al- Alcorn State. What are they, mascot? the Braves? The Barves. They are the Barve. They really are a Barve. Wow, wow. Maybe it's, it's the dyslexia. I don't know. Anywho, yeah. that's my take on the Arkansas defense. I would love from you to know what to look for when Arkansas has the ball. Funny you should ask. Arkansas seems to have gotten away from the trademark Burt stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hashtag Burt stuff. Burt stuff. You know, like I said, you know, don't chew that ass. Do not ask. Um, gigantic offensive line and running the ball. Now, they still have a gigantic offensive line. I read today that uh, their offensive line will be the ninth largest in the NFL. But the problem is they're they're big, but they just sort of suck. Um, looking back at the ATM, the Texas A&M game, um, they, were, they just weren't able to establish a running game at all. Raleigh Williams is their stud, but against A&M, he only had 79 yards. Uh, meanwhile, you know, and, and Arkansas – Usually he's going to run for 200 yards, and they're going to have a trio of running backs back there, some sort of ridiculous three-headed monster that you always have to be on the lookout for whomever might be coming at you behind this giant beast of no line. Well, that's not happening this year. Uh, in fact, they threw the ball 42 times for 370 yards. Um, this Austin Allen character at quarterback, he seems to be legit, but so the key, I guess, will be not giving him time to throw the ball uh, because if the offensive line is as bad as they seem, which doesn't make any sense given their size, but if they are that bad, Tim Williams and Jonathan Allen should be able to show out. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Presents a very <laughs> good opportunity for us. Uh, their O-line is just totally trash. And i got to say, I hate, hate, hate a quarterback with two first names. Uh, he does have Austin that. Allen? Now, we did have a John Parker Wilson. Let's just go ahead and own <laughs> Three first names. The rare three right. first names, which the I didn't rare. say I disliked. Right, right, right. Totally the rare different. first name. Yeah, exactly. uh, so there, there is that. Uh, let's move right along to just another one of our groundbreaking, crowd-pleasing favorites, Heroes History. Heroes History. That's right, Ellis. Hey. Alabama and hey, Arkansas. Wait, 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 have, can I cut what? in? Yeah, you may. You happen to see, and I and I, I haven't confirmed this with you, but let's talk. Uh, a hero's history repeated on a newspaper, right? I did. The Cadillac uh, and Lighter? 
the Cadillac and Lighter that? story, which we broke to you far before Way Tuscaloosa before. News ever wrote about it. Yeah. I believe they probably copied us, to be honest We need with to you. figure out who the rat is. I <laughs> have, I have a Fred, we're coming out hard. Right. I have a sneaky suspicion about who it is, but I'm not going to announce okay. that online. On, but, but yes, as we broke to you the story of the Cadillac and the cigarette lighter uh, with regard to uh, Coach Bryant and Adolph Rupp, uh, we broke that story, and I, there it was. <laughs> Saturday morning, I was walking from Druid City Brewing to uh, the Family Dollar across the street to get some off-brand Pedialyte, because sure. that's what you do on a Saturday you morning. Do. In Tuscaloosa, and there I was, it was staring me right in the face on the Tuscaloosa News news, the little metal news thing. I don't know what you call those dispensers, mm-hmm. and it's just a headline: the Cadillac and the lighter. I was like, man, really, really? There's a rat. See? I know there's a rat. Anyway, heroes history. That's right. <laughs> Alabama and Arkansas have played a total of 24 times, with your tide prevailing in 16 of those, including eight in a row. But it is the bowl history between the two teams where the true interest lies, ladies and gentlemen. Twice in Coach Bryant's first year and in 1979, Alabama beat Arkansas to claim national titles. However, there's one thing you don't want to do if you're making this trip this weekend. You don't want to ask a hog about 1964 because they're going to get all sorts of bitchy. Do you want to tell them why, Alex? Oh, I will. And I'm going to say quickly, I think this is the team that one Jerry Jones played on. Oh, that poor thing. I'm like 90% positive on that. So so drift back with me, if you will. Back in the 1960s, imagine you're you're lounging about the 1960s. The right, national you're flying on Pan Am, smoking a cigarette in the in the cockpit like you do. <laughs> like you just you live do. that Don Draper life. Thank you for that that color. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. Uh, right. The national championship was awarded before the bowl games, right? Uh, so the bowls were just seen as sort of a fun reward, which yeah, is very hard to picture in in this day and age where I would say millions upon millions of dollars depend on every football game and and lives and deaths are at stake uh but so in 1964 both alabama and arkansas ended the season undefeated and as happens uh alabama was awarded the national championship by both the ap and the upi obviously the two most important polls of that time uh, still sort of a this time, R.I.P. U.P.I. If you spell that out, it's Rapoopy. Um, but tequila, so, gentlemen, tequila. Thank you, thank you. So at the end of that season, after Alabama had claimed its national championship and then went to a bowl game just to have a good time, I guess, uh, we went to the Orange Bowl where we were promptly dismissed by Texas. Is that the game uh, with Joe Willie? Joe Willie, no. Joe Willie, my guess, and I don't know this for a fact, my guess is 64 was uh, Steve Sloan, but I don't know that for sure. That okay. might, well, hold on. That might have been when Joe Willie, Joe Willie was suspended and Steve Sloan played in his place. I don't know. Okay. We'll figure it out, regardless. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll anywho, your tide lost to Texas, and uh, then Arkansas went to the Cotton Bowl which is obviously a, a, a breeze, and beat mm-hmm. Nebraska, whatever. We're still the Natty Champs. We're claiming that one. Sucks to suck, Hogs. Exactly. 
All actually, right. here, I'm well, going to interject. That was, yeah. so it was actually deemed the 1965 Orange Bowl. Uh-huh. Uh, your Tide, who was 10-0, lost 21-17 to to the Daryl Royal-led Longhorns. And that was right. the game in the fourth quarter where Joe Willie, I swear to God, as someone who was not around in 1964, if instant uh-huh. replay existed during this game, Tide would have absolutely won this one. Joe Willie dove across the goal line in the fourth quarter, uh, and the refs botched it. Claimed we didn't make it. Tide lost the game. Really? Foiled again. Foiled again. Damn it, man. I know. Ah. All right. Okay, well, we've reached the most important segment of the show, where monies are won and monies are lost. Fortunes. And by that I mean monies are lost <laughs> and really none are ever won. Uh, we're going to look at some picks, including the Houndstooth Heroes hate of the week. Of the week, of the week, of the week. Okay. Thank you. Let's start with the WGAF Bowl. Kentucky. Uh-huh. Kentucky is a three-point favorite at home. Against the Vanderbilt Commodores. Who do you hate, Elsmets? You know it pains me to go against my hometown doors. Uh, I think they've made strides. I mean, beating Western Kentucky was a huge game for them. Uh, that said, I think Kentucky played us really well. And as you pointed out, Mark Stoops has taken control of that defense. I got it. And and also, here, let's talk about this quickly. Uh, There's a rumor going around Mm -hmm. that the Doors quarterback is going to be playing with an eye patch. I've read uh, Vandy quarterback, quarterback Kyle Schumer, Schirmer something, is going to be playing this game with an eye patch. I'm not sure if it's a medical necessity or just some sort of pirate-oriented accessory. Either way, you know, I, I think it's fantastic. And it makes your choice a lot easier, I think, when one quarterback is playing with an eye patch. Well, it certainly should, and I wish you knew how long I spent trying to come up with a clever pun, a uh, pirate-related pun, about a one-eyed quarterback. I've got to say, though, in fact, this is just beautiful propaganda spread by what I would consider our kindred spirits at Kentucky Sports Radio. Uh, they did a great Photoshop job of the aforementioned Shermar, if you will, uh, with an eye patch. What's actually going to happen is some sort of like half visor, which seems totally ridiculous. I don't know why you wouldn't go full visor. I still think it's enough to throw off the kid's depth perception. Uh, Hating the doors here, getting three points in Kentucky. Oh, son of a bitch. That's the worst news I've ever heard. I was so looking forward to this game. I know. And betting really the house because you have to bet against a quarterback wearing an iPad. You, you have to. That's a rule. Right. That's sort of in the rule book of gambling. Um, so, but nevertheless, with that said, I am still going to hate on the doors. Like you said, I am really was impressed with what the Kentucky defense managed to do. And I don't know the total in this game, but neither one of these teams can be able to score any points. So mm-hmm. I'd probably get on the under more than the, than the team play. But if we're betting a team play, I'm going to hate on the doors. Yeah. And I got to say, if you are actually betting on this game, Vanderbilt yeah. at Kentucky, you have much bigger problems than we here at Houndstooth Heroes global headquarters can solve. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Who's next? Uh, Georgia. Heads into South Carolina at Williams-Brice Stadium. We think uh, there is Hurricane Matthew 
uh, blowing up the East Coast, and we don't know how it's going to affect this game. We don't. And in addition to the Florida game. So, you know, let's assume for the sake of argument this game's going to happen. Georgia is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at South Carolina. Who do you hate, my pal? We don't talk about this often, but can we just sort of look back at the week that was at Tennessee putting the W in Welp? God. Man. God. The lucky, I mean, why do all of our horrific enemies right. have to be lucky as hell? Like, I wouldn't care in the world if somebody like Florida or no. South Carolina or Missouri or, no. or or plenty of West teams, even Mu got so when, lucky, when but why does it have to be Tennessee to. and Auburn? Right, right, right. They're the only, what, what, I mean, give me, show me the time that we have won on some weird-ass uh, you know, trick play or a Hail Mary. I don't think it it's just ever happened. In the history of the University of Alabama, it's never happened. Serious question. So, Can you think back of a time where that's happened? Like a weird win? No, I, I really, really can't. can't. I mean, weigh in on that, Houndstooth Heroes, yeah, on Houndstooth Heroes or on Facebook. Give us a weird win because, man, we can't think of one. I mean, there has to have been one, but in terms of a last-second win in a game that mattered. I mean, yeah, right. we, we may have won some weird with some weird plays over some weird teams that we don't care about. Yep. But in a game that mattered, when has it ever happened for us? Yeah. The only thing that comes to mind is the <coughs> the infamous uh, Patrick Peterson interview or interception where he was clearly out of bounds. Right. Uh, obviously. Absolutely. But yeah. I really can't think of anything at all like what we've seen out of our Wonderful friends on the plains and at Rocky Top the past couple of years. Anyway, yeah, uh, you know what, Butch, keep living that way, and and hopefully it'll catch up to you. Back to the matter at hand, right? I think I've got to say I think UGA has a really hard time bouncing back from that. Uh, I know South Carolina is not great, but we have seen, frankly, and I hate to be this way, SEC teams who have reacted positively to natural disasters coming their way. Right. If we're going to play it like it is. Uh, I just think Kirby was having a rough enough go as it was, really needed that Tennessee win, and totally botched it on the last play of the game. I'm hating Ugga here. I'm going to hate the Ugga too. I think Ugga wins this game. But, uh, Seven and Bryce, a half but, is a ton. Yeah, it's a lot of points. Yeah. Um, considering, I, I, I just don't. The Booms can't score football points at all, <laughs> but they can play defense. And but Williams Bryce has been a house of horrors for the dogs. So I think I think Georgia was game four, but I don't see them hitting the seven and a half number at all. So I'm definitely gonna hate on UGA as well. Yeah, I'll buy it. Uh, moving right along to one of those games, we get a few every season where you just pray for a meteor to come down and end it all. Uh, I want those clowns to attack. Yeah, could we just get a a roving pack of Band, clowns? A roving? I don't know what you call a posse of clowns. I think it and is a clown have a name, posse. Like a, like a murder of crows. You know, there's got to be a name for a pack of clowns. I think I it's a posse. It is. is it a posse? I think it's got to be a posse. There's Insane clown posse? We need posse? an actual insane clown posse an to actual. strike Starkville, where exactly. the Auburn War Chickens are getting a three-point spread against Moo Yu. Who you hate? I hate Moo. Uh, I don't want to hate Moo. No. I really think they sh- But I, I, I think Auburn is just an objectively better team right now. 
Um, and plus, there's some weirdness going on here. It's the early game. Nobody really wants to be at the early game, so it's really easy to find somebody, like, you know, catch them off guard, which is what that weird shit Auburn does, one of those weird trick plays they do. So I think that's probably how they end up winning this game. Everybody's just sort of sleepwalking through the game anyway because it's 11, and they're going to just do something weird, and they'll end up being ahead by seven, and that will end up being the margin of victory in the game. But, look, if, and I think they've also may have figured out how to use James Franklin III. Uh, and perhaps James Franklin III, being so close to Scuba, wants to show out. Who knows? Um, but really, if Auburn can't win this game, I don't know how Gus Malzahn keeps his job. What's your position on all this? Well, I agree completely. Uh, in the aforementioned Stingray video, our boy all of a sudden, mm-hmm. uh, he mentions, and I don't, I don't have any knowledge of this, but in 2014 he claims that Starkville is the place where the Gus bus originally became derailed and and led to everything you're seeing today. Huh. Uh, yeah, that said, I think Muyu is trasher than normal this season. Right. Uh, of course, they lost to South Alabama, who, by the way, yeah. proved themselves again against San Diego I, State. I was the first to say San Diego State is very good, and everybody thought they were going to run the table this year. I mean, because their schedule is horrible, and they're a decent team. They were ranked 19th, and I was the first to say South Alabama was going to get run out of the building. Well, they did not, Mm-mm. so props to Joey Jones. Yeah, anymore, he is uh, maybe second on the list behind your boy Dabo. Uh, I know. As far as know. Nick Saban replacements, God, God forbid. Uh, anywho, I think, I think Barn is still trash, and actually – I'm making a last-minute pivot here. This is going to be my hate of the week. I think I said Barn is still trash. I mean Muu is still trash. It's hard to to get all these agricultural schools straight. It really is too it's much. So too much hard. cow. Yeah. Yeah. How how many classes can you have? But uh, that said, I'm hating Moo big. I think Barn. I'm going to say it's like a a 14 to 20 point game. Wow, 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 yeah. wow. Okay. And, and that's a bad Auburn team. Don't get me wrong, but I think they pulled yeah, it out. I hear you. All right, another, another game that might be affected by uh, the hurricane. Florida says it's still a go, but I don't see how it's really going to happen. I mean, I think the hurricane is going to pass Florida on Friday, so you, it won't actually affect the game that much, but nevertheless, getting there is going to be something of a pain. Uh, nevertheless, getting back to the matter at hand, LSU is a three-point favorite at Florida. We'll, real quick aside, uh, Mike the Tiger. Uh, oh, his Yeah, his cancer has progressed to the point where they're only giving him a month or so to live. So, you know, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers to Mike the Tiger. On, I have uh, yelled many vulgar things at, at poor Mike. And I got to say, actually, I didn't expect today's news to hit me as hard as it did. I have actually issued death threats to Mike the Tiger, just screaming at him. But I didn't <laughs> here actually we are it. facing it. But here we are facing the death threats. I mean, who knew? Uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, you know, shout out to Mike. I yeah. uh, hope his Good. last couple of months are comfortable and filled with heavy shots of uh, morphine. Yeah, yeah but which story. begs the question: Will LSU play for Mike? I don't know that answer, but who are you hating in this LSU Florida contest? Well, LSU is going to be four netless. For okay. the second week in a row, which has just kind of become a thing, I assume, 
right. Leonard is is we we've seen that his family is quite pioneering and ready to make money as needed. So I yeah. think he's just not taking his chances with the college game much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I I just think, and you're probably gonna build on this even more, but I think with Dakocho down there mm-hmm. and nothing to lose and that much of freakish athleticism, I think LSU is one of the teams to be very afraid of in the whole country right now. They're, they've lost one game or two? Uh, one game. One, two. Just, well, they lost Wisconsin. No, two. Oh, they lost, lost to Auburn. Holy Yeah, lost to Wisconsin, lost to Auburn. So kind of one and a half. Uh, yeah. But I think they're a different team now, and I think they're very much a force to be reckoned with, so I'm hating the Gators big. Yeah, I hate Gators well. Here's the thing about Dakocho. Dakocho uh, is not much of a head coach, but he's one hell of an interim coach. Dakocho, uh, he was interim at USC. They played very well. Yeah. He was interim somewhere else, and they played very well. Uh, so he's just magic when he's an interim coach, and he's trying his damnedest to get this job. Now, he's not going to get this job, but somehow he's got it in his head that he thinks he's going to. So I expect LSU to play their very best ball of the year. Uh, Gator just can't score any football points. So I'm going to make this my hate of the week, in fact. So congratulations, right, so congratulations in, in advance, Florida. Obviously. But nevertheless, my hate of the week is Florida. Uh, I think LSU runs away with this game, let's say, 27-10. to 10. That's a hot take. Let's talk about Dakocho real quick. And I want to okay. point out something that has not been mentioned enough in media this week. He was Lane Kiffin's D coordinator at Tennessee in 2009. He was, yeah. Yeah, so there's a they, connection they, there. They, uh, they, I believe it was Lane Kiffin's DC at, at USC also. Ooh, you're absolutely right. He traveled with him to Southern Cal. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is, is there anything that he can do? And I think beating Alabama would do it. But but let's say Alabama beats LSU. Is there anything DeCocho, Ed Orgeron does to gain the LSU head coaching job? No. Uh, it, the only op- the only His only avenue is to, is to win the win out. And if he does... And if he does, I still don't think he gets the job. Really? But I think he has a stronger case because of what he did at Ole Miss. It's I mean, awful. when he was at, when he was a head coach, he was a complete disaster. When he's an interim coach, he's good. But when you give him the reins to to an entire program, and Ole Miss is sitting right there, uh, that is example number one, and it's their biggest rival, and he was a clown show. I don't see how they're possibly going to give him the job. I think he's going to be in the mix if they if they close out. But that's the only possible way he could. Interesting. Well, love the guy. But, yes, I yeah. certainly hope he doesn't earn a head coaching job. Uh, so both hating the Gators there. Moving right along to the game where holy mothers right. of everything else – Somehow, game day is covering its third Tennessee game of the season. Uh, college game day is going to be at College Station, where the Colt Aggie Cow Herders are a seven-point favorite over the Tennessee Vols. Who you hate? The Vols have been lucky as hell, man. Yep. Uh, however, here's the problem. Fun fact. Since Texas A&M has been in the conference... When they entertain a top 10 team, they are one win and five losses. Um, I honestly don't know who wins this game, but I do think it is closer than seven. So I am going to hate 
on that. And look, football Jesus is real. I think we've learned that. Yep. Uh, if you know, and, and, and right now they have the golden horseshoe lodged, lodged up their ass. So I'm not going to bet against the golden horseshoe. We've seen it happen time and time again. Uh, so A&M could very well win, but if they do, I don't think they cover the seven. What about yourself? That was eloquently put. Yeah. Uh, nothing about that. And no, obviously. So you're telling me those midnight yell practices just aren't producing on field results. Not so much with that. No, not in a, not in the top ten game. No. Wow, that's so yeah. hard to believe. Uh, I could not agree with you more. I actually do think Tennessee probably wins this straight up. We just haven't seen enough of A and M. They could be a very good team. They could be deserving of their top ten. Are they top ten? Oh uh, yeah, A and M is. I think A and M is ten. Uh, involved maybe eight. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're up there regardless. They could yeah. be deserving of that, but frankly, I'm not ready to give it to them. Uh, I, oh gosh, it pains me. I think Tennessee comes away straight up victors, but I hate A&M pretty hard here. I hear you. All right. Let's go ahead and take a look at the main event, shall we? As we mentioned, your tide is rolling to Fayette Drill for a 6 o'clock kick against the Arkansas Hog. Uh, the Tide is a 14-point favorite oof, oof. in this tilt. Do tell me, who do you hate? Gregory, i got to say, I don't feel great. Uh, you don't. As listener Fred may recall, in our preseason preview episode, uh, long before we knew the likes of Brandon Chicken right, and right. others. Halcyon days. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Uh, I I pointed to this game and said this would be one of maybe two losses for this Alabama team. Uh, so far, the team has exceeded my expectations, but I'm still not sold that we're an undefeated team, and I'm still not sold that this is the week where it could happen. Uh, I will say the only point of solace I have is one tweet from one Falconer. Ah, the Falconer, yeah. The Falconer. Uh, if, if you will look at H2Theroes, at H2Theroes, you'll find it. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick with a thought earlier this afternoon where he said, we're not, quote, escaping this stretch. We are dominating like we always do. Roll Tide. Woo so, doggy! Yeah, yeah. Hot take there. Love that the team has been prepped for sort of what everyone expects they they think this is a trap game and frankly maybe on my drinking level i didn't have an arkansas beer maybe it was a trap game for me Mm -hmm. i started to drink a knoxville beer tonight and then oh god yeah right and then i realized i was looking too far ahead uh oh gosh i don't know i think we run the ball just fine i think our offensive line if they can get their penalties straight Jonah Williams is going to need to have a big game. I'm going to give it to the Tide by the narrowest of margins. I'm going to say your Tide, 24-23. Wow. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Tell me who you hate. I, too, hate the Tide. Mm. Uh, In the A&M game, Arkansas left a lot of points on the field uh, on three separate drives. Arkansas had a first and goal and only scored once, and it was a field goal. Um, Arkansas actually had three first and goals from inside the five after a pair of Aggie penalties. So even though they lost by three touchdowns, 
that game was way closer than the score. Uh, so I do expect the Hogs perform better at home. I'm a little more confident than you are, though I still don't think we'd cover. I am going to go Bama 30, Hog 17. 30-17. I could live with that. Have we built sort of a bend-don't-break defense that even operates that way against Kentucky? I don't know, man. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> okay, fair I, enough. I, I, I did I, look up. What the tide is now five and zero, oh, and I think our defense alone, if we didn't have an offense, would be three and two. It's pretty impressive. That is impressive. We are scoring. We are scoring lights out on defense. All right, that will do it for another edition of Houndstooth Heroes, brought to you as always by Wild Bill's Wing Sauce and Druid City Brewing Company. Remember, you can check the website by the same name, houndstoothheroes.com, or find us on Facebook or on Twitter at H2Theroes. Take us home, my brother. All right. We will, of course, try to do better next time. Y'all be good, though. Roll Tide.